podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What's good, boys and girls? Welcome to the Two Footed Podcast. It is Wednesday, the 21st of July. We're brought to you, as always, by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things like American Netflix, Now TV, HBO Go, whatever you want to access that you can't access from your own country, change your location, access it, have fun. Also keeps your data safe. LibertyShield.com and use the code EPLVPN. You'll get 20% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. Right, folks. Some interesting Champions League action last night. Celtic took on Mittelland and drew 1-1. Celtic looked pretty decent. They played some pretty decent football. The style looks good. The shape looks good. It looks promising. It looks like something they can build with. What doesn't look as good is the team selection. Not anything to do with the manager. I think it's more down to the fact that there's just not a lot of talent at Celtic right now. When you look at the team that started... The players that stand out, Turnbull I do really like. I think he can have a good career. I think he can play in the Premier League. But McGregor, he's been agitating, potentially a bit of move away. Christie has been agitating. I think his contract's up soon as well. Eduard, there's been constant rumours of his departure. He's got a year left on his contract. There's not a whole lot left after them. Celtic are facing pretty much a full rebuild. Turnbull is the one. Turn McGregor will probably stay. I think Christie probably stays. But, I mean, to compete with Rangers and the money Rangers have spent. Remember, Rangers have spent more money in the last three years since Steven Gerrard took over than the entire rest of the league combined. Rangers have bought their way to success. Celtic need to find a way to get some cash in, be it selling Edward. They have a couple of sales in the mix at the moment. But it's a big job. It really is a big job for Celtic. They've got a lot of work to do. And unfortunately, they spent far too long trying to sort out the managerial situation. And I don't think they ended up with the manager they wanted. I think, obviously, they wanted Eddie Howe. Now, Postacoglu, we'll see. He, he obviously had success in Australia. He hasn't done much of anything um, in Europe. 
he was with a, a Greek club for a season, I think, back in 2008. That's about the height of it. But he did have a lot of success in Australia with the Brisbane Roar. Did well with the Australian national team. And by all accounts, did quite well in Japan. But Celtic is an enormous step up from all of those jobs. This is one of the biggest jobs in Europe. Regardless of the fact they play in the SPL, Celtic are an enormous club with a huge fan base, a global reach because of the Irish connection. It's an enormous job with not a lot of backing. And Celtic needed restructuring, and that's kind of been half-arsed this summer. They haven't gotten in all the pieces they wanted to get. They haven't brought in the recruitment staff they wanted to bring in. All of this should have been sorted months and months ago. Lennon left in, what, March? They should have had this sorted a long time ago. They didn't, and it's going to be difficult now. This season could be a lost season. Lennon left in February. So they had from February onwards to sort out an appointment, and they didn't appoint Postacoglu until June. Four months, nearly four full months, wasted, where they should have been drawing up plans, getting people in place, recruiting for next season, getting the players that want to leave or are running down their contracts out of the club. And they failed in every single aspect. So expect Rangers to win the title again this season. But for Celtic, I mean, a 1-1 draw with Mittelland, that was at home. The second leg will be away. There's no away goal, away goals anymore, but Mittelland will be tough in Mittelland. The good news for Celtic, though, is if they lose, they go into the, uh, Euro- the Conference League. I think it's the Conference League they go into, Europa Conference League, which, you know, could be fun. You get to play teams you might not have played before. Although, given Celtic's tradition of messing up in the um, Champions League qualifiers, they probably have played some of these teams in the Europa League before. Uh, other games of note last night, Rapid Vienna beat Sparta Prague 2-1. Dinamo, Z- uh, Dinamo Zagreb beat Omania 2-0. Cluj beat the Lincoln Red Imps from Gibraltar 2-1. The Lincoln Red Imps, of course, famously beat Celtic in a, in a European game. Brendan Rodgers' first competitive game in charge. Uh, and Ferenc, Ferenc Varos of Hungary overcame Salgiris of uh, Lithuania 2-0. The winner of the celtic Mitlian game will play the winner of PSV Galatasaray. They play their first leg tonight. That's not going to be very easy at all. Not at all. Celtic's chances of qualifying for this season's Champions League, I would say, are minimal at best. Minimal at the very best. But look, this is what happens. You don't take, take take care of things and you, you end up in a mess. You win nine titles in a row, you get lazy, you get, you know, you get lazy. You give up. You start to expect that you're going to win. And then you don't win because 
you ignore the fact that your biggest rivals are outspending you massively backing their manager while you don't back your manager because you don't believe in your manager and yet you still have that manager in charge. Um, more football on our screens coming soon. The Olympics start tomorrow. The tournament starts tomorrow. There's some good players going. Um, so I thought we'd have a quick look through the group stage at the squads and have a look and see what players could be of interest. So the French squad, as you'd expect, there's a lot of talent there. A couple of interesting names, though. Timothy Pembele of PSG, really talented young defender, well worth keeping an eye on. André P- Pierre Gignac, um, 35 years of age now. He's been in Mexico for five or six years at this point, it must be. Six years he's been in Mexico, scoring for fun. He's been named captain of the team. Florian Tauvan, who recently decided he was going to go there as well um, and join the same club, um, Tigres, he's in the squad. Those two would be the standout players. It's not a squad that will blow you away. I think. I think they could have put together a better squad. Uh, Lucas Trossard is an interesting name in there as well. Talented midfielder with Hertha Berlin now, formerly of Lyon. Melvin Bard is a player I do like. Um, exciting young left-back. So the French will be competitive. Um, looking at the Japanese squad, Hiroki Sakai is a good right-back. Played in Germany for a number of years. Um, with Hanover and then went to Marseille. He's just moved home, but he's a he's a quality defender. A little bit surprised that he didn't have maybe he did have offers from Europe and just didn't want to stay. But a little bit surprised he went home. Maya Yoshida, formerly of Southampton. He's the captain of the squad. Talented player, obviously. Not a great defender, but he's decent. He did all right for Sampdoria last season. The one to keep an eye on, Takahiro Tamiyasu the uh, defender from Bologna. He's the one to really keep an eye on because he's the one potentially going to Spurs. Um, Very, very talented. Play right back, centre back. Probably best right side of a back three, but a good player nonetheless. The Mexican squad is a little bit disappointing. I had expected more. Um, Diego Lanez, the young left-footed right winger from Real Betis, Probably the standout name. Um, it hasn't gone, I would say, brilliantly at Betis. He's he's gotten better each year. He's still only 21. He's just turned 21. He was very young moving over. But considering they paid a big fee for him, I think he was expected to be further along at this point in his development. But, you know, we wait and see on him. Uh, Guillermo Choya, obviously a well-known name. Was in Europe for a long time. Quality goalkeeper. He's in the squad. Probably the most recognisable name uh, in the squad. I have to plead ignorance on the South African team. I genuinely don't know a single one of these players. There's three of them playing. Sorry, five of them playing in Europe. Four in Portugal. One in the Ukraine. I genuinely don't know any of these players. Um... Same goes for Honduras. Don't know a single one of them. 
Not a single one. Winston Reed, probably the, the most, well, Winston Reed and Chris Wood, the two standout names in the New Zealand squad in terms of, you know, recognizability. Uh, Jamie Cyril's another interesting one. He's on. He's a goalkeeper from Swansea. He's talented. But Winston Reed at the back and Chris Wood up front, definitely the two best-known names there. It will be very interesting to see how this affects Wood going into next season because if Burnley don't have him, Burnley are going to be in a bit of bother. Uh, we saw last season whenever he was out of the team, they just don't look anywhere near as coherent. They don't have the same threat in attack. So I'm a little bit surprised Burnley allowed him to go, but, you know, what are you going to do? Um, surprised with the Ukrainian, with the, sorry, the Romanian squad, being honest. There was one or two names I expected to see. I thought Haji would be in it. Um, and I thought uh, Florinel Coman would be in it, the young winger from uh, FCSB. He's very talented. Surprising that he's still in Romania at this point in his career. He was tagged to leave a couple of years ago. Didn't have a great season last year, but the two previous seasons, he was tremendous for them. Um, hasn't really lived up to the hype, but still a very, very talented player. I thought he would be in um, this this squad, but he was left out. Uh, with South Korea, again, Lee Kang-in is the standout name. Um, from from Valencia, very very talented young wide player, can play through the middle, can, but most comfortable out wide. Very good ball control, good dribbler. Needs to work on his decision making, but at twenty, that's understandable. Outside of him, you, you, you could tell me Ed, there anybody, and I wouldn't have a, any argument with you. I do like some of the names in this Argentine squad. Nehuan Perez is the captain, 21 years of age. Atletico Madrid own him. He's on loan at Granada. I'm not sure if he'll be there next season, but he is very, very good. He's a very good young defender. Brave, aggressive centre-back. I think we'll see him long-term form a partnership with Christian Romero or potentially with Romero and uh, Lissandro Martinez of Ajax as a three. I think that's going to be the future for Argentina in terms of their defence. Uh, Alexis McAllister of Brighton, he's been called up. He's obviously a very talented player. Ezekiel Barco of, of Atlanta United, he is exceptionally gifted. It hasn't always gone brilliantly for him since moving to Atlanta. He was very, very highly touted coming through as a young player. And they paid about $16 million for him. $15 million. It was an MLS record. Uh, when they bought him at 18. He's only 22 now. Loads of time to continue to develop, but I think this could be um, a big opportunity for him at the Olympics to get his name out there a bit more, become more well-known on the European side of things. Uh, Ezekiel Ponce is in the squad. He's a good striker. Uh, he's bounced around a little bit in Europe. Um, Roma bought him. He's had couple of loans. He was really good on loan with AEK Athens and then made a permanent move to Spartak Moscow. He's done well there. And Thiago Almada is is a name to watch. Super talented young winger um, from Vela Sarsfield. Really, really gifted. 
He's been linked to a lot of top clubs in Europe. I think if he does well at this tournament, he might finally get his move. The Argentine squad is an interesting one. Well worth keeping your eye on if you're going to watch football in the, in the Olympics. I do think they might be one of the, the better teams in the competition. Uh, the Aussies, a couple of players here that should be well known. Harry Souter of, um, or Souter maybe, I, I don't know the pronunciation, plays for Stoke. He is Scottish born to an Aussie mother. His brother's a Scotland international. Um, came through at Dundee, moved to Stoke. He's done well there. He established himself last season as first choice next to Nathan Collins. Collins obviously gone now. He'll be expected to take over leadership of that defence. He had a couple of decent loan spells with Fleetwood Town. Uh, he's a talented player, very, very big, very dominant in the air. Uh, I do like his brother a bit more. I think John is a better player. Um, John's at heart. He's, he's a smaller defender. He's a bit more uh, coordinated is the word I'll use. Harry can be a bit all over the place with all arms and legs. Um, Jay Rich Bachelou of Crystal Palace. Riley McGree is a is a talented young midfield player uh, now with Birmingham. Worth keeping an eye on this season. Caleb Watts, another talented young midfield player. He's at Southampton. Ashley Maynard Brewer is a young goalkeeper at Charlton. Don't really know much about him. And Jordan Holmes, another goalkeeper. He's with Ebbs Fleet United. Again, not a clue. Um, but, you know, there's there's some names there. There's some players that, that are familiar. Um, Nobody really standing out from the overage players thought there might have been a couple of options for them that they could have brought in, but no. Uh, again, Egypt, Ahmed Higazi, formerly of West Brom. Ramadan Sophie, formerly of Stoke. Sophie's super talented. Really, really talented. It just didn't work for him when he came to England. At all. Um, Stoke was the wrong place for him to go. He moved to Huddersfield and it just didn't go well there either. Huddersfield took an enormous loss on him. I think they swapped him, if I'm not mistaken, for Tom Ince. In a deal that it was like two separate deals, but it was basically a swap. Um, then he got like 800 grand from but like I say, super talented. If he gets gets form, he'll be one to keep an eye on. But again, the Egyptian team wouldn't be one of the stronger ones. Now, however, the Spanish squad is very, very strong. Oscar Mangueza, young defender from Barcelona, super talented. Unai Simon was the, is the first choice goalkeeper for the senior Spanish team. Coming off the, the Euros, he'll be in good confidence. Mark Cucurella, potentially of Brighton next season. Very, very exciting young left wing back. Pau Torres was a starter at the Euros for France, or for, for Spain, rather. Jesus Vallejo, he's a defender I do like. Formerly Real Madrid. He's a, I think he's still owned by Real Madrid, but he was on loan at Granada last season. He was also on loan at Wolves at one point. Had a brilliant season with, I want to say Eintracht Frankfurt. On loan a couple of years ago. He done well at Saragossa. Went to Eintracht. Was excellent. Went to Wolves. Never really got an opportunity. Last season with Granada was inconsistent. But he's a very, very talented player. 
if he can stay clear of injuries, he can be a really good centre-back. Uh, Martin Zubimendi of Real Sociedad, very talented midfielder. Marco Asensio, Real Madrid. I think if not for the knee injury, he'd have become a superstar by now. I think he's got so much ability. Uh, Mikel Moreno, formerly Newcastle, formerly Borussia Dortmund, now at Real Sociedad, another talented player. Rafa Mir is an interesting one, owned by Wolves on loan at Wesco. Uh, good player. Danny Ceballos is the captain. Bizarre decision to make him captain, but I think he'll do well at this competition. Uh, Mikhail Yarzabal of Real Sociedad. I mean, he didn't get much of a chance at the Euros, but he's a very, very talented player. Eric Garcia is in the squad. Carlos Soler of Valencia might be my favourite player in this squad. I think he's really, really good. Pedri, obviously, is a standout name. Danny Olmo, really impressive at the uh, at the Euros. And Brian Gill, the young winger who's set to join Spurs by all accounts. This is a really strong squad. Now, they've taken advantage of the fact that these Euros have been delayed a year. And they've picked a whole bunch of 24-year-olds because... They've given an, an added year. It was meant to be 23 and under. You had to be 23 after the 1st of January in the year of the Olympics. So it was meant to be 20. So it was January 2007. Uh, sorry, January 97 was the cutoff point. If you're born after January 97, you're fine. Now, because the Olympics is this year, it should have been January 98, but because they delayed the Olympics a year, they gave them the opportunity, and Spain have taken full advantage. Simon, Torres, Vallejo, Mir, Oyarzabal, Soler, and Ivan Valar, who's the third-choice keeper. None of them would have been able to play if they'd gone with a 98, a year of birth, but you might as well take advantage of it. Spain will probably be the favourites to win this competition. Um, it's the strongest squad, I think, by some distance. They've been together a little while in a training camp. If they can, if they can find continuity and a shape that works, I think they'll win it. Uh, another strong team, though, is the Brazilians. Diego Carlos, the centre back from Sevilla. He's one of the overage players. He's obviously a very, very good player. Douglas Luiz of Aston Villa, very, very talented defensive midfielder. Paulinho of Bayer Leverkusen is an interesting one. Moved to Leverkusen at like 17, 18, hugely touted coming out of Brazil. Immense ability, but just hasn't ever put it all together for them. It's been three disappointing years um, with, with flashes of, of why they paid a big fee for him. But only four goals in 41 games. They paid 20 million uh, euro for him. So they'll be hoping to get more out of him. Like he's, I said, he's only 21. Um, just turned 21 as well. So plenty of time ahead of him. But needs to start turning things around. Bruno Gomeric of Leon, Superstar. I love him. I think he's a, an immense midfielder. I think a lot of clubs should be looking at him this summer. Uh, Matthias Cunha. I've heard to Berlin. He's been linked to a few Premier League teams. Very, very talented. Richarlison is in the squad. Again, he's in because they changed the age. Uh, but again, very good player. Obviously, a starter for Brazil at the Copa. 
Anthony of Ajax, another immensely gifted player, only 21. I think he's in line for a big move in the next couple of years. Danny Alves is the captain at 38. He just wanted to be part of it. He outright pleaded for a place in the squad. Um, obviously, he's won pretty much everything there is to win. He didn't win a World Cup, but won two Copa Americas. Won the uh, the World Youth Championships with Brazil Youth. So now he wants to complete the set. And um, he can't blame him, really. I mean, he's, he's one of the most accomplished players in the history of the game. League titles galore. Multiple Champions Leagues. Cups coming out of his ears. Danny Alves is, is an all-time great. Um, Renier, who's on loan at Dortmund from Real Madrid, Real Madrid, he's an interesting one as well. Didn't really feature a whole bunch for Dortmund last season, but next season I think he's meant to be part of the plans. Gabriel Martinelli of um, Arsenal. I, I think he's in the same calibre as Saka and Smith-Rowe. I think they can build around those three. And then an interesting one is Malcolm, who came through at Bordeaux. Well, no, he came through at Corinthians, went to Bordeaux, and became really well-known at Bordeaux. Was linked with everybody. Moved to Barca. It was a disaster. A year later, he got sold on to um, Zenit St. Petersburg, and he has been dreadful for them. Dreadful. Absolutely shocking for them. Um, he has a lot to prove. He probably needs a move away from Zenith. He probably needs to go back to France or to, you know, a, a lesser team in Spain. Russian football just doesn't seem to suit him at all. The German team, Benjamin Henricks is there, talented right back, can play in midfield. Um, Leverkusen got him in at a good price. Maximilian Arnold is one of the over the overage players. He's a good midfielder um, from Wolfsburg. He's been there his whole career, came through the academy. Max Cruz, he's another one of the overage players. Uh, you'll see him with Union Berlin this year. He's he's a goal threat. There's not much in the way of goals in the squad. Uh, Nadia Mamiri is an interesting player. He was at Hoffenheim. Um, Went to Leverkusen, has been in and out of the team. Talented, but inconsistent. Um, I think he's the first player of Afghan descent to play for the German national team. Arnie Meyer is a midfielder I do like. He came through at uh, Hertha Berlin and established himself quickly. And then last season was inexplicably loaned out to Armenia Belfield. He should be in the Hertha team. He's a really good midfielder. I, I do quite like him. I think he can play for a lot of mid-table Premier League clubs and do a good job. There's some quality in this German squad. I don't think I don't think they're a contender to win it, but I think they'll be competitive enough. Ivory Coast have Eric Bailly of Manchester United. I can only see that ending in injury. Uh, Ahmed Diallo's going to play, though, and I'm excited to see him. Frank Kessie. He's tremendous. He was brilliant for Milan last season. I'm expecting big things in the season ahead. So excited to see him at the at the uh, Olympics. Not overly familiar with anybody else really 
in that squad. Kwame from Fiorentina is talented, but he's had some injury problems. I think that's it. Wilfred Singo of Torino. I didn't think much of him the two times I saw him play last season. Um, but, you know, Torino were garbage, so it's hard to pin it on a on a 19-year-old. And then uh, Saudi Arabia, it's just a bunch of Saudi Arabian players. I don't know any of them. Uh, I won't pretend to know any of them. I hope they do well, but only so MBS doesn't come and put me in a barrel. Um, I think these Euro- these Olympics, I keep trying to call them the Euros. I think these Olympics are going to be quite fun. Obviously, the track and field, the swimming, all that kind of stuff is brilliant as well. And I'll watch anything. I'll watch any kind of sport. So I'll watch a bunch of the Olympics and just be completely engrossed in whatever they put on. Other than the show jumping, the what, the dressage, that, that from, I just can't watch that. A horse racing I can watch. The dressage stuff, not for me. Um, but the football I am excited about. I think the two standout teams to me were the Argentinians and in particular the Spanish. I think the Spanish had the strongest squad. Now, it's an inexperienced squad. Their oldest player is, I think, Asensio, who's 25. Yeah, him and Moreno. So they haven't gone with any, you know, massively overage players. There's no one 30 or 38 like Danny Alves. Oh, the Brazilians will also be strong. The Brazilians are always strong. They'll be the three for me. Spain, Argentina, Brazil. Um, I think they're the three to keep an eye on. A um, little bit of news, uh, bad news. Ivan Gazidis, former Arsenal chief executive, now chief executive or president of AC Milan, he has been diagnosed with throat cancer, which is um, obviously horrible news. Uh, wishing him a very speedy recovery. It's apparently a very curable form of cancer, and he's been given a positive diagnosis, but, you know, no diagnosis of cancer is ever a good thing. So fingers crossed um, he makes a full recovery and uh, is back on his feet soon enough. Speaking of Arsenal, they've had to withdraw from a pre-season trip to America after a small number of their touring party tested positive for COVID-19. So now everybody has to isolate and do the whole thing. Not ideal timing, but, you know, maybe you get it out of the way now rather than mid-season. That's something that's been under-talked, is the potential for COVID outbreaks during the season. We're still going to have COVID. COVID's going to be around for a year or so at least as a... What's the word I'm looking for? As a prominent factor in our lives now it's always going to be here it's going to become like the common cold i think but i think for the next year at least it'll be a prominent thing and we're probably going to have we'll probably have another lockdown at some point i know no one wants to hear that but i do think that's what's going to happen um i just think it'll get to the point where numbers ramp up to to a stage where someone will have to say look we just need to do a circuit break again you know, two weeks, three weeks, whatever, and then we'll just reopen back up fully and get back to life. But um, I, I think it could it could play havoc with the Premier League season. I was just talking to Carol Matchett about this was it yesterday, the day before, the day before yesterday. Um, we were saying like, if one of your goalkeepers gets it, chances are all of your goalkeepers will get it. 
because they work in close, such close proximity. So you could find teams that just end up with no goalkeepers. They end up having to bring up some kid from the under-18s or something. So it might be wise for squads, for clubs, to start splitting up their squads and having, their go- especially their goalkeepers, train separately, um, travel separately, have no contact with other goalkeepers at the club. Because you have to keep a senior goalkeeper healthy. You just have to. You can't risk all your senior keepers being ruled out. Um, Tottenham are set to sign Pierluigi Gallini. That's going to be a loan with an option to buy. It's apparently got some triggers if he plays X amount of games. They have to sign him. Atalanta signed Juan Musso already this summer from Udinese. He's a better goalkeeper than Gallini, so that's why they're happy to let Gallini go. Interesting to see how he does at Spurs. They're also in for Christian Romero. He'd be a brilliant signing. Um, whether they can get him or not, I don't know. They're in for um, for the Japanese defender. They're in for Brian Gill. It's it's something. They're doing something. There's a, a clear plan in place. If Nuno wants to play a back three, then Romero is ideal in the middle of a back three. He can play on the right of it as well, uh, but he's he's much better in the middle. He was excellent in the middle of the back three for Atalanta this past season. Probably the best defender in Serie A in the season just gone. And Tomiyasu is perfect as a right side centre back in a three. Now they don't have anyone yet that can play left side centre back in a three other than Ben Davies. And ideally you want him more as a backup. You don't really want him starting. But they're making moves... They're coming to life. Paratici and Nuno, we'll see how they do. I think Paratici's quite poor at his job, but we'll see how he does at Spurs over the next couple of seasons. He didn't do a good job at Juve. Let's just put it like that. He did not do a good job at Juve. Um, And Nuno I like, but I think he's a short-term manager, and he clearly isn't the manager they wanted. I mean, their managerial search went on not as long as Celtics, but it wasn't far off. And... They thought they had Conte done, fell apart. Um, They thought they had Fonseca, fell apart. There was one or two others that fell apart on them as well. So, you know, Spurs doing Spurs things. Um, But this is promising. This is promising. At least getting new players in. Right, I'm going to take a break. And when we come back, I will go through the gossip and we'll get out of here nice and early again today. See you soon. Right, welcome back. Uh, just the gossip to go through. Not a whole lot else going on. Uh, I if if I've seemed a bit like I'm struggling for words today, it's the heat. The heat is unbelievable. It must be four hundred degrees. Um, has to be a minimum of four hundred degrees. Allegedly, it's twenty nine degrees. I call lies. I genuinely call, I call shenanigans. It's melting my brain. Uh, Manchester United midfielder Paul Pogba is a target for Paris Saint-Germain this summer. And the league on side are seeking to sell players to raise 50 million. They're not seeking to sell anybody to raise nothing. They can just pull that out of their pocket. They might want to sell players just to get rid of them, but they're not selling players to raise money to buy Paul Pogba. Uh, United are yet to be contacted by PSG over a possible move. Say the Manchester Evening News... 
I think he will go. I, I don't think they want to keep him. I certainly don't think they want to give him a new contract. And they can't really afford just to let him walk for nothing next summer. Real Madrid centre-back Rafa Varane is keen to move, for a move to Manchester United to be completed within the next few days. Yeah, It does seem like it's it's definitely going to happen. It would be surprising at this point if they don't get it across the line. Uh, Wales forward Gareth Bale has been linked to the move to Major League Soccer in the United States, but the 32-year-old plans to see out the remaining year of his contract. Of course he plans to see it out. Of course he does. Wouldn't you? You can go to MLS where there's a salary cap. Now, you get a designated player spot. But I think the max contract there is like $10 million a year. A lot of money. No question. A whole lot of money for you and me. Not for him. That fella's sitting on $35 million in that last... $35 million sterling in that last year, that last year of the contract, including all his bonuses. Now, you may not get the bonuses... He'll still come out with about 20 million sterling. So let's not feel too bad for him. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain could sell up to nine players to try and raise money to offer Kylian Mbappe the same salary as Neymar. This is this is trash. Um, Barcelona are desperately trying to sell players in order to fund a new contract for Lionel Messi. It's not so much to fund the contract. It's to free up space under what is now their wage cap uh, to register Messi and Memphis, and Eric Garcia, and Emerson Royale, and Sergio Aguero. Arsenal have made a £34 million bid for Manuel Locatelli. Yeah, I just don't think they're going to get him. The Gunners are willing to offer Leicester a number of players, including English winger Reese Nelson, as part of a deal to sign James Madison. If I'm Leicester, there's no deal without Smith Rowe. Simple as that. Now, Leicester might want 60 million. I would say Smith Rowe won 20 if I'm Leicester. Or, you know, Smith Rowe and another player, whatever. But there's no deal without Smith Rowe because you've got to replace Madison. And Smith Rowe would be a brilliant replacement. And him and Harvey Barnes, I think, would be very, very difficult for most clubs to deal with. Um,. Arsenal are stepping up the pursuit for Barcelona's Brazilian goalkeeper Neto. He's not very good. He's not very good at all. Uh, but, I mean, Ramsdale is their first choice, so they don't really seem to know what a good goalkeeper is. I mean, these are the club that bought Leno. They sold Emi Martinez. They don't know what a good goalkeeper is. Chelsea have made a bid of £135 million for Borussia Dortmund striker Erling Haaland. No, they haven't. That's lies from 90minute.com. Uh, England winger Callum Hudson-Odoi has been linked with leaving Chelsea but appears set to stay at Stamford Bridge. Bad career move. Bad, bad career move. He needs to get away from that. Even get away on a loan. Like, couldn't Crystal Palace take him on loan for a year while Ezzy comes back from the Achilles? They need someone to play a wide role. He needs to play. I think that's a move that makes sense for everybody. Tottenham are close to agreeing a deal for Brian Gill, which we'll see Eric Lamella. And 21.6 million go to the La Liga club, plus add-ons. Manchester United are open to making two more major signings before the transfer window closed in six weeks' time, with Atletico Madrid and England fullback Kieran Trippier among the top targets. I think they get Trippier and Varane. I think that's their summer then. Sancho, Trippier and Varane. Um, 
I, I know they think that makes them title winners. I it doesn't. It really doesn't. Um Juventus are considering a shock swap deal which would see Cristiano Ronaldo join PSG. Imagine Cristiano Ronaldo and Neymar in the same team. Imagine the histrionics, the tantrums, the ego. If you're trying to drive Kylian Mbappe out of the club, I, I think that's probably how you do it. Um, Juventus have set a £35 million asking price on Mary Demerel, who has been linked to the move to Everton. He is a Benitez-type centre-back. Him and Godfrey would be interesting. But then what do you do with Mina and Keane? You can make, I suppose they could be your backups, but it's a lot of money to be paying to two backups. Um, and Everton, I know that the Merseyside billionaires now, but still. Uh, Leeds are favourites to sign Chelsea's English midfielder, Lewis Bate. Now, this is what I was saying yesterday. They've done a brilliant job at just hoovering up young talent. Um, Bayer Leverkusen's 25-year-old English winger, Damari Gray, had a medical on Tuesday as he moves closer to signing for Everton. It's, it's decent squad depth. I don't see there'll be anything else. Chelsea are looking at former Fulham goalkeeper Marcus Battinelli as a potential third choice cover this season. I would assume that is because he is English. He is on a free. He is English born. He will fill part of the quota. Makes a ton of sense. Genuinely does. He's not a bad goalkeeper either. I mean, he's a he's out of his depth at Premier League level. There's no doubt. I think I think he's probably a good League One keeper who can do a job in the Championship. Chelsea would only be signing him for the sake of the quota, nothing else. Um, Aston Villa apparently also keen on him. Um, again, quota reasons. Man City might still have a decision to make over whether Academy star Liam Delap should be loaned out this season, with Preston understood to be interested in the 18-year-old. For the sake of his development, he probably has to go on loan. Uh, they loaned Morgan Rogers last season. He did, did quite well. It looks like he could be on his way to Palace um, as they continue to try and snap up young players. Also been linked to Palace uh, at Adam Ola-Luckman. I like that one. I think he could be a good addition there. Especially, like I say, with Ezzy out, maybe that's who they get rather than going for someone like uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi. But the lap is very talented. Very, very talented. Still holding out hope that he declares to play for Ireland like his dad, Rory. Um, but, you know, it, he may not. He may, he may decide to stay... Uh, under the English flag. And if he does fair play, he, he is English-born after all. Germany under-21 striker Lucas Nemchea says he joined Wolfsburg from City as he did not think his chance of getting regular football at City was very good. He's, I mean, he's really good, but he was 22. I think he kind of missed his window to really force his way in. I think at City, if you don't really blow Pep away at like 18, 19... It's probably too late for you. But he'll do really well at Wolfsburg. He had a great loan set loan at Anderlecht last season. Um, and he's done brilliantly with the uh, the German under-21 team. Scored the winner in the under-21 Euros final during the summer. Good player. Good player. He's got a brother as well, uh, Felix. I think he's still at City. No, he's also moved to Wolfsburg. Oh, he's also gone to Wolfsburg. Interesting. Um, lastly, Brentford are set to beat Aston Villa to the signing of 
18-year-old English goalkeeper Matthew Cox from Wimbledon, or AFC Wimbledon, I should say. Great. Um, best of luck to him. I, ho I hope he does well. But don't know anything about him. Uh, Brentford also, Christopher Ayer is done. 13 million plus some add-ons. It's less than Celtic would have wanted, but he had 12 months left in his contract because they let him run it down. He made it quite clear he wanted to leave as well, so they had no real wiggle room, no negotiation strength. On he goes to Brentford. I think he'll do well there. I think he's a good signing for them. That's two good signings they've made now in a row, uh, along with Onyeka, the midfielder. So Brentford are gearing up, gearing up and getting ready. Actually, before I go, one interesting story. Uh, Syria have banned green kits uh, because colorblind people can't see it. So they've banned all green kits. I think this is actually really good, genuinely. Now, a bit crap if you play in green, obviously, but it's inclusive, and I like things that are inclusive. So fair play. Um, right. We leave it at that. Uh, that's today's show. Sorry, I'm a bit off today. I, I, I do appreciate it might have been a bit of a weird listen. I am a bit off. It is the heat. I just can't. I lived in Australia. I lived in Asia. I was in Canada for a ridiculously hot two summers. I just can't deal with the heat today for some reason. Uh, but I will see you tomorrow. If you have any questions for tomorrow's pod, tweet Guy, tweet the AI account, or send them to me on Discord. Uh, aside from that, see you tomorrow. Thanks to Guy. Take care. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.